Fit for Life Radio, episode number 138. Your host here today, Gary and... Will. Will. Will number one. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a guest here with us today who will be Will number two. He is Sir William Richards. (laughs) How's it going? How's it going? Awesome. How how are things down in Florida? Dude, it's, it's... It's gorgeous. Like, I'll tell you what, I never knew that a state could be so sunny. Like, Virginia, like, it's just all the grayness, the clouds, the rain. And now, of course, in the summertime, it gets nice and bright and green and and, and plush. But, man, here in Florida, it stays like that all the time. You're making it sound like Washington State. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because now I relate all the weather. Like, when we have, like, a bad rainstorm where it's cloudy for, like, a day, I'm like, man, Virginia weather, man, this stuff is terrible. Yeah. Like, I always relate to Virginia weather mm-hmm. now. Like, mm. that's bad. I guess it, the thing about Florida is, like, you can just have, like, on any given day just a random rainstorm. But, oh, like, dude, as quick as it intense. comes in, it's just gone. Absolutely. We have intense. I mean, people, we had a kid uh, get struck by lightning, like, maybe 10 miles down the road. Like, these storms God. come in, and they're super intense, and they're vi- they're, like, right over you. And then they're gone, sun's out, streets dry. And it's just back to like sitting in someone's mouth. It's just hot and then mm. humid. I do the same thing when we get a like sunny and 75 and no humidity day. I always, Ooh. Alexis and I, we're always I like, oh, this is, this is California weather. <laughs> <laughs> I, awesome. feel, I feel bad now. Like I wanted, there's no reference of uh, Virginia weather. I guess once it's, you get a nice crisp fall day. Oh, dude. Um, Cold you, weather, you, man. Yeah. Maybe you'll miss that a little. Yeah, I do miss it. Just we'll a, get a, like a, we'll get a good like forty degrees in the in like January in the morning, but yeah, it's, all right, we don't get cold. You're in the wrong place for snow though. So, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about. So Will, uh, we go way back, way way back, way back uh, to the old. I mean, I didn't really know you in high school, but um, you were a little little bit younger, but essentially similar friends, and then as we got into fitness, knew each other, and then you, at one point, you know, came and worked at the Your Time 24-7 Fitness that I had, Mm -hmm. and then eventually, yeah. That's how I met him, back in the day. Then you left for Florida. Left for Florida. But, uh, yeah, I've always, you know, admired you, you, you know similar to to will number one here you you got into fitness early went to odu was that what your degree was in yeah went to odu for exercise science yeah human movement yeah <laughs> when, so, when when did you graduate i want to say 2010 i believe i think damn you were like one year ahead of me yeah i'm trying to because it was weird like i had to like finish in I had to take like one class in summer. Bro, so we were on ch- the same track. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like literally a year behind you. I had one like one credit hour I had to finish in the summer, which was uh, the dumbest thing ever. I know. Yeah. So I think that's what made oh, it shit, okay. 2010, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you were a little bit ahead of me. So yeah. I guess that makes sense. I was 20, should have been 2011, ended up being 2012 <laughs> because okay. of that, that extra little yeah. bit. But um, yep. it'll get you. <laughs> so exercise science and then you know I know you were you know into training like all of us and and we do it to, uh you know may- maybe 
get girls or something or look feel feel better about ourselves look yeah. better and then and then all it really does is get more guys attention. it gets more guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but here we are you know like 15 some years later st- still in the industry so you know it's other things that keep us going and i know for you you know now you focus on you working with people with back pain right and yeah. you you kind of had your own uh history with that so you want to dive into you know what your back injury was or how it happened you know what what you were facing and then yeah just kind of how you handled it and, and what you've gone through with dealing with back pain which for most people they eventually have some as they age which we'll get into right so obviously you can have acute injury acute back pain and then there's like you know the gradual chronic uh, stuff. chronic stuff but yeah kind of just start with your origin story with 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 your back issues. Yeah. Origin story <laughs> like, still makes hey, it sound like a, like a super villain no, or something. This is how superheroes are made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gary. I mean, I, guys, I appreciate y'all having me on here. I know Gary. Like, there's probably about maybe like two people. If I thought back to like high school time, uh, maybe even middle school, like where like they were very influential on like just getting into the gym just for like the fluff and buff reasons like it would be you like you are definitely one of those guys so i appreciate just you over the years and the mentorship and stuff like that so that's awesome um as far as like my my back pain history like i would say it started in college and i would just have like some random pains like i was you know probably the strongest i'd, I'd ever been i was doing the heaviest weight um, deadlifting, squatting, things like that. And that's when I kind of started having issues like randomly probably like, I mean, I don't know if this is a common thing, but at that point in time, I was, you know, I would do a heavy deadlift and I would do something weird, like have the weight too far away from me. And, and the next day, like I, other than standing straight up and down, like any kind of bending over to like lean, my whole back would just lock up. Like it'd just mm-hmm. be crazy. And that would be like a random situation over the years. And then I would say, man, I'm, I'm not good with ages. I'm not sure how, how old I was, but that transition into it becoming more of a chronic thing, right? Like a, a constant tightness tension that every time I would do exercises, I'd have to like stretch it or foam roll it. I'd try to do something that would alleviate it. Fast forward to messing around with that. Then I went to get an MRI, was told by a local guy there. He's one of the top guys for the spines um, in Newport News. Uh, he, my MRI showed I had a ruptured L5-S1 disc, and then he had diagnosed me with degenerative discs above that site. So I want to say, again, I'm terrible with how old I was, but maybe I was about 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Damn. I'm 35 now. So, yeah, I remember sitting – was, <laughs> it's funny because I have one image of myself in that doctor's office, and I had a mohawk. I think for like one week in my life, I had this buzz cut mohawk. I'm like, I was just super young and I couldn't believe that he was like, yeah, you ruptured your disc. Like, you're not going to be able to do this anymore. You're not going to be able to train the way you train anymore. Um, Kind of what you're looking at at now is just pain management um, and or surgery. Obviously, surgery would probably for me be more of like a fusion because I didn't have like a herniated disc or bulging disc at the time. It was just ruptured. So they were like, yeah, we would just kind of fuse you and then, you know, obviously pain management. So It's casual. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to have surgery. I kind of pushed it off. So I started seeing, like, chiros and, like, you know, massage therapists. I was doing yoga. I mean, everything and anything that I could do to get help, I tried doing. And, and that kind of led to 
getting scheduled for my first steroid injection, that was kind of like me getting back into the medical model because what I was doing wasn't working. And something, I remember like I was in anatomy class and I had my shot scheduled for that day. And just my gut was just like, don't do it. Just focus on what you can control. And that just kind of kept playing in my head and I ended up calling them and just canceling it. And then that kind of set this trajectory of like learning movement, learning exercise, learning kind of basically just the things that I could control. And, you know, that it, it was a big learning process because like I was kind of focusing mainly on the mechanical side of back pain. Um, I was still in pain. I was still training clients and things like that. Um, and I was in the fitness space. I kind of felt like an imposter kind of thing. But eventually, as I started applying more movement, more of like understanding the body, the mind-body connection, uh, you know, now today with a ruptured disc, with degenerative discs above that site, you know, and we're talking, I mean, dude, that's like eight plus nine plus years ago, like I'm chronic pain-free. Yeah. And I know for myself too, being 37, I have zero pain, chronic pain, but similar to you and back when I was in my early 20s. I was always in pain and this goes back to and tell me if that you see this with a lot of your clients and people that reach out to you uh and again everything has a, has a place but you know we a lot of us start with these forced lifts of like the power lifts of like backs barbell back squat barbell deadlift and you know just naturally from people's structures not everyone's maybe there's just more risk in in things that can go awry you know and i noticed now i don't do those lifts it's a probably a big reason why i'm pain-free now and then back then i would always be hurting right you know just a subtle shift from going from like a barbell deadlift to a trap bar deadlift or using dumbbells um do you see do you do you think are you in the same camp of like you know some of those fixed positions you know that a barbell kind of puts you in can't can kind of you know force the issue for some people negatively and yeah absolutely i mean i I think with these camps and like what's wrong with kind of how they're putting it on paper and putting on social media is you have the camps of like the very like original like oh like our bodies are designed to squat, they're designed <laughs> to hinge, they're designed to flex and bend, and that's yeah. very, very true. Like all of that, I'm, I support the fact that we should not say this exercise is terrible, this one is good, therefore we remove the bad and only do the good. I don't believe in that, but at the same time, when you start applying context like squatting and deadlifting, like these take a lot of form and technique. And in my personal opinion, I think if you are like, no, like I believe that I wanna be able to squat, I love squatting, then you need to commit to learning and mastering Mm -hmm. what that looks like. And it's not just doing legs once a week, right? It's not just squatting once a week. Like you have to learn form, technique, mobility. Like you have to build and, and kind of put your body in the best position possible when it comes to tissue health, to be able to squat for longevity and squat pain-free and to be able to include those. But even even if at that point you are doing all those things, absolutely, I, like I totally agree with you. I think I don't barbell squat. Um, I will play around with different types of deadlifts, um, barbell and deadlift, uh, dumbbell and like kettlebells, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think if you can do so many other things other than those two specific exercises with the barbell, and yeah. your body will thank you for it, for sure. 
I think that's the key is <laughs> always giving people uh, permission permission to do those things because people just think I have to do these lifts, right? Like there's something special. And the reality is they're just part of a sport that's popular, which is awesome. Football's popular, but we don't all go, you know, yeah. tackle each other, right? So <laughs> and uh, back in the day, they only had barbells, you know, and so, yeah. you know, in the 20s. Yeah, of course, that's all they were doing, and that's mm -hmm. why the foundation was built on it. But then they made cables and bands and kettlebells and things like that as time went on. And, like, our variety can, you know, like, we can go fit, you know, more what yeah. fits the person than just, like, hey, everybody's grabbing a barbell and doing this lift because this is the only way it's done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with your uh, training over the years and, um, you know, what what was your kind of, journey like from when you got out of pain and then you're like oh let me try some of these things again or let me push the limits um where have you found yourself kind of with with balancing no pain but also knowing where you've been yeah that's good i mean it's really kind of been a weird process like i know when i was in pain but getting out of pain i had more control over my pain right like i was creating a healing environment in my body so that i could do more a lot of it a lot of the things that I chose not to do were wrapped around fear, right? I was just afraid to do those things because when I used to do them, they would cause pain. Like any mm -hmm. kind of barbell deadlift like or any really kind of loaded hinging, heavy, heavy loaded hinging would cause symptoms. Yeah. So it was kind of wrapped in fear. So, I, you know, due to fear, I just stopped doing those things. I said, oh, well, I just won't do that. But I think eventually what I learned that obviously fear is a massive, massive part in anybody's recovery when it comes to a back mm -hmm. injury or any kind of injury, knee, shoulder, fear is definitely involved with it. And I think what I had to do is like put my ego aside and allow myself to take 15 steps back and just yeah. do baby stuff, like learn how to hinge again. And not just like, oh, my hinge is broken and I have to have this perfect hip angle to hinge perfectly to be pain-free. No, it's just, Again, it's, it's wrapping this fear around it. It's like, okay, can I do this well? Can I do it with just body weight without pain? Okay, I can. Awesome. Let's add a little bit of weight to that. You know, instead of going like, okay, I can hip hinge without pain. Let's try 10 pounds. And then next week I'm doing, you know, 285 pound deadlifts again. Like it's, it's a lot more of a, of a path that you have to take. So that's kind of what I've learned over the years. Like it's like, if you're having pain with something at a certain weight, I learned to just reduce that weight, cut back the reps, don't focus on the reps and sets, and just focus on seeing how your body responds. And that alone, and you know, coupled with like building tissue resilience and like kind of progressive overload, that's really kind of what's been the secret to my my own personal pain-free kind of structure now. Yeah, and. Uh, one thing with that to touch on, and they're learning more about pain, right? And you mentioned fear is how much our kind of nervous system can control that. And that mm. a lot of times actual, what we perceive as physical pain is can really just be your, you know, you know, signals from your nervous system of, of like warning almost. Right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, then like you said, the, the real reality is you have to break down those movement patterns and, and, into little pieces or like you said 15 steps back to where you can rebuild it without fear mm -hmm. uh and and have confidence to th which then eliminates those signals that your your brain and nervous system's wanting to send right yeah on a very obviously it's way more nuanced but you know maybe hopefully for people listening to kind of grasp uh that i, I think that can make sense for yeah. them 
Well, I mean, and it to me, the whole mind-body connection and pain and fear, and it, it, it starts with education, right? There's things like there's apps you can get, there's books you can read, which is awesome, but you have to educate yourself on like what pain is and like where it comes from and how our body processes it. And one of the ways that I kind of break it down for like clients that I work with is I, how I label it is we have our own personal, our own personal pain alarm system, right? And the way I kind of compare it to is when we, you know, like all three of us, when we first started driving, you could install aftermarket car alarm systems like. I remember getting a Viper car alarm system on your car was like classic knees, right? (laughs) So the cool thing about those things is you could dial up the sensitivity or you could dial back the sensitivity on those alarm systems to where you could be that guy who like if your buddy with a loud truck drove by, your car alarm would start going nuts because just off the vibration of the exhaust, like your alarm system would, would be triggered or you could dial it way back to where you'd have to like bust the glass, rip the doors off, just for the alarm system to to actually go off in your car. And our bodies are the same way. That's how our central nervous system kind of operates, where we live with chronic pain for so long, we make the wrong choices, we are so fearful around movement, that this is dialing up the internal pain sensitivity that we experience. Then it turns into like every time I vacuum, I have pain. Every time I roll over in bed, I have pain. Every time I tie my shoes, I have and like these basic things that we shouldn't be in pain doing because of that fear factor, because of that internal pain alarm system, it's just triggered, it's dialed way up. And that's, you have to first, before you exercise, before you start loading the body, you've got to learn how to desensitize that pain system. And that is like the biggest missing link in my opinion when it comes to treating issues with the back. Yeah, and I feel like with the most common scenario, like that's step one, right? And then step two, so, you know, you have the guy who like hurts his back moving furniture when he's, you know, 33 and he hasn't done nothing since he was 22. And then because of that, he avoids doing anything physical with his back. And then all of a sudden he's 47 and he's like, man, I just have an awful back. And the reality at that point is, you just have a week back, you know, you know, week. And you've been avoiding everything for years. So, yeah, so you got to break down that fear and then, okay, now let's actually build up this function, this movement and have strength so that we can now live our lives, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So is that, where would you kind of, uh, I guess talk a little bit about, because, you know, when we talk about this stuff, it's always, it's in the context of, yeah, like deadlifts and fitness and all this, but the reality is um, it's a means to an end, right? None of us are are power lifters or bodybuilders, like fit, so like these fitness, what are seen as like these fitness end goals aren't really ours or any of our, you know, most people's end goals. It's like, hey, I want to work in my garden. I want to play with my kids, right? Um Talk about, you know, your clients and their drive to fix these back pains and kind of what some, you know, some of those end goals are that that kind of drive you to help people with this stuff. Yeah, so I think my my motto, I guess you could say, or or my, my, my personal drive is just giving people the tools and the understanding to find their own version of freedom right just you kind of how you kind of express it in way of like gardening or playing golf or being police officers and being able to do your job without pain and it's it's not so much like tailor making you know 
oh, you're a police officer, so you have to do these exercises, or you know, you want a garden, so you want you got to do these exercises. And I think where I'm driven mostly is just showing them how to find freedom. And I think what I've done over the years and what's been successful for me and the people that I work with is really focusing on three different areas. And one of those we kind of talked about was the sensitivity, like truly understanding the drivers behind your sensitivity. Um, And that's not through exercise. Like exercise is something that I apply later. A lot of times you go into like PT clinics or like chiropractic clinics and these things where they start with movement, they start with exercise and they start getting you strengthening, which is great. And there's always a time and a place for that. But focusing on desensitizing your pain system, and a lot of that starts with just kind of what you're doing on a daily basis. Like you're, you make decisions on a daily basis, whether consciously or subconsciously, that sets you up for a higher level of sensitivity. So giving people the tools and the, the know-how of like, hey, let's look at how you move. And that's kind of like the second point that I try to focus with people is looking at your movement. We kind of do a movement audit, not hey, send me a picture of your poor posture. Okay, bring your shoulders back. Now your pain's going to be gone. It's, it's way deeper than that. It's like looking at how they move, how they clean their house, their habits, the way they look and think about things. A lot of times we walk around guarded or people who are in chronic pain, they are very guarded. They're, they're resistant to movement because they're fearful. So a lot of their being guarded and protected, like, like I call it your, your protection mechanism, right? When you're in pain, we kind of clam up and we tighten up and we protect and our low back is, is tight because we're afraid of injuring. And it's showing people how to move, how to you know garden, how to change the tires on your car, change your oil or whatever the random things that you like to do or used to be able to do, but you can't do now because of pain. It's showing them and kind of giving them these little cues to um, use in those moments that we can get that freedom to, the dent- to desensitize the pain system through movement and then we work on building strength and resilience around these activities. So that's where we're kind of going back into the gym. Um, I, I teach people this idea that the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. And I apply that, I'm not sure who I heard that from, but I apply that a lot to what I do. It's you are exercising, you're in the gym, you're doing boot camp classes, you you stretch you know, three times a week, you go to yoga, you do your all these things, but if you're doing them at the wrong time, if you're thinking that just doing those alone are going to help you and you're trying to build this house of relief on sand or a rocky foundation, you're, you're super sensitive, random things cause pain. If you don't focus on these simple things first, then the exercise and the fitness and the hiking and the kayaking and the long car rides and the time at restaurants, none of that's gonna happen. And it's a matter of dialing these things in for each person so that they see those quick wins and start seeing that reduction of sensitivity. And then it's really just adding back in the things that they've kind of given up due to fear. And they're, they're really just kind of surprising themselves with more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an important thing is those little quick wins up front, you know, to keep people engaged and build momentum, building momentum. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen more when it comes to, the people that I work with, I see more like quick wins and results and just like massive aha moments just by teaching people about pain. Like, and I do it through video. It's not like I'm, I'm on these like, these like Skype calls with people for hours. It's, it's really kind of comes down to breaking down the most important things. Like there's elements of 
your personality that you respond to pain in different ways and and a lot of it's just giving people resources books that they can read or apps or podcasts just like this that focus heavily on just the pain science and getting almost like you have to step away from the fitness industry to really get to the good stuff on this right yeah i don't know any fitness person like who teaches push-ups and squats and losing weight that really talks obviously they're not in the pain space but in the pain space when it comes to that even some of the rehab guys like they just focus so much on the rehab like exercise just the movement, movement stuff yeah tissue health like all that's really important but man you have to step outside of that for right now even though there's some guys in the rehab space who are doing awesome things with pain science you really have to show them where to go to get really good information um, and then once they're in that, it's just consuming and then applying it. Like, okay, you've learned this concept. You understand that you can have a herniated disc or a bulging disc and not have pain, and you can have pain, but they don't correlate. Just because you have a herniated disc doesn't mean that, oh, because you have that, you should also have pain. Because that's, that's also been proven not to be true. So once you show them this stuff, then you can get them back into movement, back into exercise, and they're doing it with more confidence. And it's just kind of getting them off of that. There's a pain, um, what's it called? I had it in my head. It's the fear avoidance model. Like you have this injury and there's two circles on both of these, uh, on this model, right? There's one area where you hurt your back deadlifting, you start freaking out, you're worried, you go see a doctor, you get an MRI, they say you have a herniated disc, you start freaking out again, you go to rehab, you don't see results fast enough, and you get on this, this like cycle of pain mm-hmm. and fear, and then you have this other side of this uh, graph or model where you have the injury deadlifting, you're kind of worried, but you find someone who's like, hey, you know what, I know that you're in pain, you know, yeah, sure, your MRI does show that you have herniated discs and bulging discs or degenerative discs or you're 67 years old, you're not a, a you know, 20-something anymore, so therefore you should, like, you're going to be in pain. Instead, they, they, they kind of, like, encourage them to say, hey, just because you have all of these markers doesn't mean that you should be in pain forever. Let's look at this stuff. Let's build more confidence and almost change the narrative around the way they view their injury. Yeah. Right. And if you can change their narrative and tell them a different story, then they can kind of start to rewrite their own brain body connection. And that it's just powerful and it's complicated. And I'm not an expert at it. I don't I'm not the best person to go to for it. But the way I've been able to approach it with back specifically um, has just been really awesome. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's, you know, a lot of times pain is how our body fixes things, right? Yeah. Or, you know, the pain we're perceiving. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, like you said, people need to learn that. You could take a regular sickness, right? If you get a cold and, you know, all the symptoms that everyone wants to get rid of, like, oh, I have a headache. And then and a fever. You know, <laughs> a fever. That's literally your body fighting, mm-hmm. you know, the the flu. The, oh, the, yeah. And Sweat so it's, it actually, out, baby. it's actually a, a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, and then if you try to get rid of those symptoms will now you may be interrupting what your body's trying to do right so you may not have the pain but you're you're actually preventing the process or you know the the healing pro- process the healing process absolutely um absolutely. there's a um there's i'm not sure i i you have to like kind of fact check this and make sure it's actually you know something that's worth talking about but i saw some articles come out um that have been supported by some pretty pretty big organizations about um 
inflammation and how we kind of take we are addicted to these anti-inflammatory drugs and what happens mm -hmm. is and they have some very small studies nothing big yet but they're kind of alluding to or trying to start support now that taking these anti-inflammatories is actually obviously hurting our body because what mentally what we're trying to do is like we have back pain you know so we need to reduce mm -hmm. our inflammation so the pain goes away so we start popping these pills yeah. until you know hoping that the pill or the the pain goes away but in reality it's actually slowing the process mm -hmm. and what they're saying is it could actually prolong and create a chronic pain situation because mm -hmm. instead of allowing their body to use inflammation to fight the issue and to heal the tissue they're just masking it and trying to shove away the inflammatory response and it's just it's just not good uh, not i've good. i've seen the i've seen that and i personally agree with that but I think part of that, too, like if we go back to the fear and your relationship with pain, if all you're doing is trying to get it to go away, go away, go away, go away by just taking this pill, like your relationship with pain and how you view it is not very healthy, right? Like you can take it as like an indicator or a cue of like, OK, like something is hurt. Um, and, I, you know, maybe we do need to do something about it. But when you're constantly just trying to push it away, then anytime it comes back, you're almost like. You hit that fear like, oh, my God, I got to get this go away as quick as possible. Whereas, like, if you can just, you know, marinate it, manage it, um, then you're going to be a little bit more okay with it if it does come back. Yeah. Right? And then you're not perpetuating that cycle of fear and pain and fear and pain and all that. Yeah. I try to encourage, like, when I'm working with someone who's actually in pain, they're in the gym. And, and you know, some people come in who just – love being told that they're strong, right? That they're not fragile, that their spine is not broken. And that's enough, you know, along with some good exercises and, and, and some more education. Like a lot of that's just enough to help them and get them back in the gym and feeling more confident. For those who are like really like hung up on like, should I have pain? Should I not have pain? If I have pain, should I stop working out? Should I not work out? Like what's good pain, what's bad pain? And there's been research out there on like the pain scale model right and there was research that took two groups one said okay only start working out if you have zero symptoms right you would you know you would grade your your pain on a level zero those people who pursued exercise once they were at that place that was one group the second group was those who were given the freedom to operate and exercise under a four out of ten pain scale so if you go in the gym a little bit tight, you go in the gym a little bit, you know, when you bend or when you twist, ah, like, like something catches or tweaks, but it's still a 4 out of 10, nothing higher than a 4 out of 10, right? Those people were given freedom to exercise and move around. Both groups saw awesome success over the long run. So it gives people the freedom, like, sure, if you're very cautious, if you're like, no, like, you know, I'm super scared, you can do that. Like, you can wait and, and really wait until your body is like, um, completely rid of symptoms, you know, for a, an extended period of time to start exercising again, or what, and this is like, this is what I try to push more people towards is allow yourself to experience the pain, right? Pain is, it's not a necessarily a bad thing, but now that we know that let's put like a parameter on it, let's put a limit on that. And let's just say four out of 10 and using that number scale has been massive. It's like RPE when you're in the gym, like it's like, okay, you know, max out efforts, 10 out of 10 RPE of like, you know, seven or eight, that's leaving a few in the tank. You're kind of going about the same perspective as like, give yourself that grade. And then once you get there, if you think you're there, then just back off, 
and you're doing fine either way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that approach. And another thing I want to circle back around on that you mentioned was uh, this is a fine line, something we see too with with our clients, you know, for weight loss and fat loss is people need to learn. They need some information, but then the biggest missing piece is the implementation action, right? And that really is then what drives our services. I, you know, I'm speaking for myself is, uh, people need the coaching, like people, the information's out there, uh, but people need the coaching for implementation and consistently implementing so that the things can actually work. Right. Um, is that something you see too, that, or maybe struggle with where people, yeah, they can hear so many voices and, and you have to get them to, uh, you know, kind of narrow narrow things down and stay, stay with stuff. Oh yeah. So the approach I take it is like very much as do the least amount of work to get the most results. Like that's kind of what I try to get people to kind of sell out to is okay let's remove everything you're doing because a lot of times people come into my world and they're seeing kairos they're still doing after three years they're doing all their rehab stuff and they're stretching they're following some yoga class online and they're doing all these things and i tell them if you're going to join this program you're stopping everything if we're working together you're going to stop everything unless it's like medically given to you like you have to be doing this doctor's orders then which I, I only work with people who've been cleared to exercise so that's mostly never the case um but once they eliminate everything they're already like oh my gosh it's like a it, it's almost like a breath of fresh air because they can do less they don't have to worry about doing so much stuff from there what how i do it is i go on a week by week basis right this week you're only focusing on these two things that's it Right, And I've kind of structured it over a period of time to every week they should be seeing wins in certain areas of their life, right? And it depends on the person on what their life was like before coming to me, but that might be a win of, man, I'm walking again. I'm just walking mm-hmm. again, right? And that's, that's a huge win, or I'm walking faster, or I'm walking longer. So everyone kind of has a different win at these different stages, but absolutely, like it comes down to like keeping people accountable and encouraging them through the process. Like you guys say it all the time, trust the process. And that's something that I say to people all the time. Like, trust me, like when you are in chronic pain and you're living with it, not just like a couple of weeks of in pain, like you've been living with it for years, unless you have help and you have someone in your corner saying, I know you're in a flare up. I know you've been doing all of these things and you've fallen off the horse, you whatever triggered your pain, now you're in pain, you've got to have someone in your corner who's just like, look, I know how you're feeling and I know it feels like you're going five, 10 steps back right now, but trust me, this is all a part of the process. Like your body is so in tune and so used to experiencing pain, experiencing symptoms that it wants to go back there. Like if you get into like the like neurological training and, and, and all that stuff, like these neural pathways are permanent. From my understanding as of today, neural pathways are permanent. Like me personally, like I had a, I had like six plus years of chronic back pain. I know it very intimately. So those neural pathways and the, how I feel and how I felt and the mindset that I had, all the things that I experienced during my worst times in pain, my body can go back there, right? So I have to 
keep myself accountable. I have to continue to do the things like stress management, get my body moving, like understand that I can't just like do some crazy things sometimes. And the more you kind of come to, to terms with the process and whether you are one year into your process, six weeks into your process, if you can bite off small chunks of things that you can control and then commit to changing those things, you do that, those small steps over 12 weeks or six months or a year, like people are literally changing their lives. Um, And it's just the way I look at it is just making small tweaks, making small commitments to small change and watching those things build over time. That's just been massive. Yeah. And it's just so true in so many different realms. And it's just hard because no one wants to hear that. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear like, oh, just do do less. But that, that's where, you know, being honest and open and sharing your story and get just, you know, earning people's trust is, is so vital and key uh, yeah. so that, you know, it can help them. They can uh, buy in. Yeah, buy in. Yeah. It's hard because people want, you know, when it comes to marketing, people want the sizzle, but you have to give mm-hmm. them the steak later, right? And, yeah. and that's, that's the biggest thing, like stretches and uh, they want the one exercise or the, the mm-hmm. three best exercises for this. Yeah. And I hate it, man. Like. And even to this day, like I've been making content for years now and like I still have a conviction with putting some stuff out there. And sometimes I just I have to tell myself, look, these are not the only best top three that you should ever do. Mm-hmm. Right. But if putting this video out there is going to resonate with someone and someone's going to be like, OK, like I'll just do these. I'll start here. Yeah. And I've had so many testimonials come for me just off of not even working with people, just off of just YouTube comments like man like I just applied these three things over the over the past you know two months and my life has changed like I've seen so many results just I was so afraid to do them but now I do them and I have more confidence in the gym and again it's leading with the sizzle and trying to give them the steak later and it's it's just tough and I, I know the weight loss space is the same thing you want yeah. fast results with minimal effort eating whatever yeah. you want like it's it's tough, but yeah. I've come I've come f- full circle on it too. Where yeah, like you want to sell sustainability and and you know the food freedom and these things that come from kind of putting in the work. And but everyone wants you know to be toned and they want three you know uh, quick recipes and yeah. but but ultimately yeah, you just have to give people like you said what they want, give them the sizzle so that you can then you know build the trust. And, and hopefully deliver what, what they ultimately need, you know? Yeah. Uh, one thing that really resonated with me uh, to, you know, make it easier to kind of commit to, to that process of, you know, using more buzzword type things is, um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Um, when you were going, I was thinking about it. it let me see. This happens to me daily, bro. I swear. Okay. I'm going to think of it. This happens to me on a minute-to-minute basis, <laughs> so you're good, man. It was good. Uh, Welcome to my brain. Man, that's how I know I'm getting old. <laughs> I don't ever say what I actually wanted to say because I've already forgotten what I wanted to say. So that's, that's yeah. something else new. Yep. That's basically it. I don't know. Something gonna... that resonated with you, but you'll pick it up later. <laughs> yeah. You'll figure it out. So what I was so excited to tell you, too. I was, I was, it was like, about the full circle, like you kind of just going full circle and kind of you starting. Well, it was with, with it was with kind of a what you know, giving people the you know content and uh, man, I can't giving them the flash. 
But yeah, anyways, um, and yeah, I'll see your back stuff, you know, and, you know, take little nuggets away. And I'm sure it's stuff in your head. Oh, I remember. It was, uh, okay, here, yeah, I got it. Here it is. Here it is. Here we go. So you have to remember when, w when we're trying to simplify things online, right, and f for content and things like that, the trade-off of simplification is nuance, right? You know, so, you know, which is just true. You, and when you, you know, knowing that as, as kind of a fact helps me realize, hey, actually, yeah, if I'm going to give someone uh, these three foods, because I could be like, hey, there's these three foods. And the reality is you can make do with any foods, but so the nuance isn't that like these are the only three foods you have to eat, but we know, hey, there are three foods that, yeah, maybe are really high in fiber, you know, and they'll help you feel more full, right? Yeah. And, and you hate to put that out there because you don't want someone to think I have to eat these three exact foods, you know, because there's nuance to it. It's, they don't. But then the reality is, well, if someone does go eat these three foods They're or add them right. in, um, it's going to help them, right? And then... Yeah, then they, they consume more content and maybe then reach out and message you and ask questions. And, and then you can teach them the nuance, right? Exactly. And that's yeah. like that, I don't know, flashy, catchy video title or subject matter like brings people in and like mm -hmm. being okay with like, okay, this is somebody's, you know, they're, they're getting into our message or what we believe. Um, whereas if you had a video yeah. title that was like how to, you know, um, set up your nutrition so that you're good for the next 75 years of your life. No one's going <laughs> to click on that. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody wants and to hear that. And so they're not even going to get into the ecosystem at all. So it's like yeah. taking yeah. that up front of like, okay, this might not be optimal, but it gets someone foot in the door and that's important. Yeah. Perfect yeah. example. We have clients who are runners and they'll hear our pod and ultimately <laughs> our audience is people who are busy. They want to lose weight. They want to, you know, get more fit and they have limited time, right? Well, if you only have three hours a week, you know, and you you need to, yeah, do some resistance training, right? You need to do some walking because these are like working your muscular system, your joints, your tendons, and your base level of movement and cardiovascular fitness. And then, hey, there goes your three hours, right? Well, cool. Those are going to give you the most bang for your buck. Yeah. So people miss the nuance of we don't have a problem with like running or doing racing or pursuing that sport. No. If it, then outside, oh, you have more than three hours? knock yourself out yeah. right um but if someone's just doing that and they're not doing these other things then hey we think that's actually a little misguided right yeah like so, for our archetype running's not the best option if you are limited and busy and all of that yeah yeah but then people will be like really upset or, or, or miss oh, the, the nuance of oh y'all must hate r running right and it's you know no it's just hard in 30 second clips online or to explain you know, all of this in a <laughs> gif or a post to get into that nuance, yeah, right? Absolutely. So yeah, in your world, um, it's, you know, with exercise and, and everything, it's, it's even tougher, right? Yeah. So and that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard because a, I'm just extremely long winded and I'm trying to like work on that. But the other side of it is like, I'm very much a context person. So what I've tried to do, what I'm doing now more with, with content now, just to kind of reach more people is looking at what are people already putting out there? That's just junk. Right, mm -hmm. like this stretch, this yoga routine. Like I have a whole uh, next week. I'll have a video on one of the biggest yoga YouTube channels. I'm probably gonna get roasted for this, but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's one of the biggest yoga channels on YouTube. But I'm pulling out one video on back pain, and she says, "Do this for back pain relief." 
and ninety percent of it's garbage, and I just don't like mm-hmm. it. I, don't, I would never apply it in a back pain situation. So my goal is to just educate people in that place. Like, hey, like you're being, you're already going to be told all these stretches work for back pain. So instead of that, let's take approach of like this is why you shouldn't do it, right? Like this, I'm going to say no to this because no one else is going to say it. So I'm going to say no to this, and this is why I'm going to say no to this, and this is what you should do instead. And that's kind of the approach that that I've been taking lately is just trying to get into more people's ears. Um, It's just kind of pulling out what they're already being told and just kind of attack that. But yeah, simplicity, like all that stuff, man, all that is just ringing so true. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's and it's hard when there's so much information out there. Yeah. Like, and then like for you, like having to filter for people is hard. I don't know. Was it your, you did a video on, I don't know if it's the one coming out. Was it the prone Cobra? I think I, I saw that pop up. Yep. I have a YouTube video that, that did pretty well years ago that says stop doing the Cobra pose. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you posted it recently or something about it. I just saw it pop up on your gram, I think. But yeah. anyways, I, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's one of the things it's like, and, and, and I know what you're saying. I, I did a reel yesterday, I think, on an alternative to the Cobra pose. And there you go. It did well. Like, <clears throat> and, and that's the thing. It's like we're told to stretch. We're told that, you know, the Jefferson curl, we should all be able to do the Jefferson curl. So the, but then the person with back pain does the Jefferson curl, and it messes their back up because their body's not ready for it. Like, I'd rather just say, no, don't do the Jefferson curl. But, there's a, of course, there's always context. Like, if you were to sit down with me – and ask me questions like this and say, hey, do you not like the squat? I'm like, no, I think the squat is a great exercise, a great movement, but I also have a video on YouTube where it says, hey, you should just stop squatting. And this is why, if you have back pain, if if you're experiencing this, you can't get over it. You don't wanna invest a bunch of time in learning Mm -hmm. technique and form, and you just want to lose weight, play with your kids and go kayaking, then sure, stop squatting. But, and here are some alternative exercises that will build strength in your legs, that will protect your back, and we'll all win. It's a win-win situation. So absolutely, man, 100%. Yeah. Context is hard. It depends. That's always the answer. Mm. So, so I have a real serious question. Okay, shoot it. <laughs> I, so I see – so you moved to Florida, and I, you're, you're close, closest – the biggest city that you're closest to is Tampa, right? Then I see in all your videos, you have like a Miami Marlins hat on. Marlins? Is it, is it Marlins? I've got a, you'll only ever see me wearing a Washington Nationals hat, an Orioles hat, or what? that's it, man. What is, Marlins. okay, because I thought, I was like, did they change their logo? I couldn't figure out. Let me I pull. do have a. I, I've been getting. It's funny. I have this uh, this hat from. Yeah. What's that yellow with the yellow? It looks like an M. Yeah. It's, that's a that's a coaching. Uh, I'm a part of like a business coaching group. And okay. That's just his brand. Uh, I, I thought I was like that must be did the Miami Marlins change their logo <laughs> like. Um, I was like, why is he wearing a Marlins hat like? Yeah. I had a guy walking. <laughs> hey, like yeah, he was trying to like name. The team, and I'm like, dude, I don't even worry about it. This is not even a team. <laughs> You've been going for a while, yeah, man. You have. I was like, la- I've been laying up at night for 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 weeks, what? like <laughs> googling. What is circa, this? Circa 1900 logos. Uh. <laughs> yeah, man. That's funny. No, okay, I'm well. Not a Marlins fan. Question I mean, answered. Buccaneers fan and a Broncos fan through and through. I should have just asked, so I could have gotten the nuance of the situation. You should have, man. You, should, you assumed. I, I know you. You jumped to conclusions. Yeah. Come on, man. 
All right, well, I feel better now. <laughs> You're going to be able to sleep tonight? Yeah. Finally? I'm going to an, uh, two national games next weekend against the Braves. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, uh, Saturday and Sunday game. Where's it at? Uh, Nationals Park. Okay. I D- figured. I figured yeah. you weren't going to drive down to Atlanta, DC. but you never know. Yeah. So, do you, like, uh, do you like thoroughly enjoy sitting at baseball games? Yes. I mean, I like, so I can't really watch. I grew up playing baseball, you know, loved playing baseball. I never became like a diehard fan, you know, whereas like with football, I'm like diehard Washington Commanders uh, fan, formerly known as Washington Redskins. And they're commanders now? Yeah. Yeah, Commanders. When did that happen? Like last Uh, year? Well, they, they announced the name probably like. Months, a few months ago. Was it a few months? Yeah. Time is just so artificial now. They're called the Washington Commanders. Commanders, yeah. man. What the only the, logo look like? the only team with three a three syllable nickname. Commanders. So, <laughs> the it's like a, a ugly W and then like a patch, like a decal patch of like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what their logo looks like. The name all the name all the fans wanted was Red Wolves. Red Wolves was in the running. Red. Because then you know you, we could be like howling and howling at the moon and stuff like go. that. But and but anyways. Just howling when you're mad. Yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> so but I was a diehard football fan. But baseball, you know, take take it or leave it. And I I could never sit and watch games on TV. But I do love going, especially to pro games, because you know the stadium, the it's grass, the smell, the. Uh, the food, the, you know, baseball's a slower game, so it's just you're chilling. You can go get a hot dog. You can come back. You can talk with people. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. Okay. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it, like, all the time. I wouldn't want nah. season tickets or nothing. No way. Yeah. So, it's yeah. It's just a long it's, – it's just such a, like – I mean, because I have a very similar story. We grew up playing baseball. Love the sport. I'm pumped that my, my son now is playing baseball. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a really cool to see it go full circle – but man, like I think it's just like my attention. Mm-hmm. Just man, when, when I'm sitting there, I'm like halfway through. I'm like, dude, I gotta yep. do something. I gotta get up and walk around. Like, I, gotta, I got to, like, yeah. or be eating something or drinking. I just have to be doing something. That's, yeah. that's my problem. That's my hard part. With yeah. It. So I'll say like that's where for me like the baseball game is definitely about the entire experience of the food I'm gonna be eating. You know, having some the beers and you know yeah. walking around the stadium with all the little things they have going on. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely not for me just the game which yeah. some people i'm going with like yeah they, they lo- love they it. love the like they'll you know some people will keep a box score while they watch the game right <laughs> it's wow. like about the game yeah. but uh for me it's more yeah that total experience yeah, right that's that's we, we went so, to a cubs game years ago yeah when we were in chicago it hit like seventh inning we're done yeah <laughs> that was it man yeah. like yeah. it just gets it just gets so yeah. slow and like I played baseball when I was younger. Like, I didn't play, like, up into high school or anything. So, like, I know the game. I played it. I enjoyed playing it. Um, but watching it. Yeah. Live is better. TV. Yeah. I would rather jump off the roof. Um, but, yeah, like, the f- the food helps. And it was cool. Like, we were, you know, in Chicago, and that stadium is mm-hmm. yeah, dope. Like- and there's a lot of history to it. Um, and that was really neat. Um, but, yeah, seventh inning, man. Yeah. If I had been, like, with you – I probably would have been completely fine. Yeah, and if it's a um, good game, because you're like more interested, um, and Whitney could take it or leave it, and so yeah. you know we were both kind of like, man, we're done. 
and yeah. then we bounced early. Yeah, and I definitely would have, will appreciate if the game is tight at the end, you know, because yeah. I do did play and do understand the nuance and the drama that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the flip side, uh, NFL game or a college football game, I could go. You could tell me, hey, you can't drink, you can't eat, you need to just you sit there and watch care. the game, and I would yeah be on the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah. So I actually have um. My, uh, I'm in a men's group at my church, and the pitcher for the Padres is actually in the group. So I, it's cool to be able to, oh, dang. to chat, chat with him. I think Padres pitcher. I'm trying to. I know his first name's Austin. It's Austin. Got a big red beard. Um, I think uh, Austin he's, Adams. Yes, he's. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, he's he's injured or he hurt his shoulder or something yeah. like that. Um, but he's, I mean, apparently he's pretty good. I, I, I didn't yeah. meet yet yeah, Austin Adams. I didn't know did, him until. Did you know he's from Tampa? I, yeah, he's from Zephyr Hills, man. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know that until, uh, I don't know, he, he was just talking about something one day, and he's like, yeah, like, I, I, I'm just a, a good old boy from Zephyr Hills. I'm like, bro, I, I lived in Wesley Chapel for, like, four years. That's like, I mean, Zephyr Hills is like, yeah, it's just, it's cool to see something so awesome. You know, come from something that's so local to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a cool dude. He's yeah. Really cool guy. So. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate having you on. What's uh, a good way? So I know you're pretty active on your Instagram. I know you also have a YouTube. Um, your your Instagram handle is fitness for the numeral, numeric for. four. Don't get it twisted. Although <laughs> I think I own both dot coms but let's just keep it number four yeah so fitness for back pain is his instagram handle and yeah what's is your youtube the same yeah i think it's it's just fitness the number four back pain um and you can you can catch it on anywhere i mean i I think i i I try to leave and like give people something to work on so if anyone listening wants to like kind of dive deeper into like my perspective of like very simple yet powerful things that you can change like right now before you walk into the gym as it pertains to building out your workout for the day the order of exercises how i look at core training all the things that you know back pain sufferers really struggle with you can go to fitnessforbackpain.com forward slash pain free training um fitnessforbackpain.com forward slash pain free training um, and it's a free guide. You can just download it, and it basically just give you everything that we kind of talked about now today on the, on the podcast, but give it into more of like an actionable step-by-step, like do this in your workout, and you'll actually see the fruit from it pretty quickly. So just go grab that. Nice. Appreciate your time, man. And yeah, we'll, man, uh, yeah. for having me on. Let us know you're back in town. I was looking through old pictures. I was looking for a certain picture with uh, the gym, with Coastal Strength and Fitness, and – I realized so I, there was a picture of we had uh, of y- working out and it was before it was kind of when I was starting to get some equipment I hadn't even opened yet wow. so I th- yeah like you you were the first person to work out at the original location Number one um, so yeah I love it man I think that's I, I think congrats to you guys man just what you have going on over at coastal like it's if there's anybody, I, I have a lot of conversations with people locally here about like opening gyms and people wanting to do it. And man, if there is ever a gym that comes out of my mouth more than anything else, is your gym. Like what you guys do, 
the coaches you guys have, like just the the loyalty that that's there when it comes to your coaches and like it's just you don't find places like that like it's very much a turn and burn kind of industry coaches come and go but y'all just have something very special man and it's 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 awesome and i think it needs to be known how to be done on a global standpoint because i think it's just not you just don't see it man like and i mean you can go to any of the strength focused gyms here locally and it's just not it's just it has a a yucky feel to it and they're going out of business nobody's sustainable it's i don't know what you guys are doing on the inside man but keep doing it because you guys are crushing it yeah i appreciate that yeah uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think for one, I was a trainer, right, and lived it for such a long time. So I know how it felt, the way the industry shaped in that job. And it's just the industry is still so young that, I mean, think about it. If you're like a dentist or in a dental assistant, right, like there's a certain level of expectation and, you know, no one's a dental assistant. And then it's like, oh, I got to go get a real job, you know. Yeah. yeah. But the training industry, if someone's just like, I'm a coach, tra- trainer, it's like, oh, okay, well, then, then they got to go get, eventually get a real job, right? Yeah. You know, that's still the perception, but, you know, trying to build in, like, you know, salaried pay and uh, stability and consistency and time off and things like that. Yeah, you got to treat it like a real job, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. and um, I'm in a business group with a lot of other gyms. And, yes, yeah, still in general across the board, most gyms still kind of operate the same, right? Like, and they struggled with turnover and all that. And... Yeah, so it's really just treating it like that. Now, for the owner, right, it means up front you may make less money, but you have to see the bigger picture and uh, and just care more, right? Like what what kind of environment do you want to create and be around? But, yeah, that could be a whole whole other podcast. That could be a whole other podcast. um, We'll talk about it when you come in town. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully as the industry keep, keeps growing and, yeah, we see we need it more and more, right? Like more people are in pain, more people are overweight. Uh, the answer isn't always just surgery and medical stuff, right? So who's going to bridge that gap in between? You know, and hopefully like, yeah, better and better and more and more uh, fitness people, right? So, Absolutely. yeah, to keep moving forward. That's awesome, guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and if you're listening and you're interested, we also uh, have a online group trying to lose weight, lose body fat, uh, fat loss secrets for busy adults. You can search for that on Facebook. It's on there, or we'll also have it linked along with all of Will's stuff. So we'll link to all of Will's socials, his YouTube, and the show notes as well. And as always, we appreciate you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See ya. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.